When you want the latest on what's happening in golf in and around Oklahoma, you go to the source. The Golf Oklahoma Report with Ken McLeod on the Blitz 1170. Ah, yes, a new time for the report here in the afternoon, but we thank Ken McLeod for taking time to join us here in the afternoons here on the Blitz 1170. Hey, Ken, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, Jeremy. How are you? Doing well today, man. Doing well. Uh, looking forward to uh, getting some uh, quality information here. I know we've got a lot to get into, but from a a selfish side of things here for just one moment, uh, I'm not quite sure if you mentioned this last week or not, but walk me through uh, what I thought was pretty big news here locally, but Russ Myers resigning as superintendent at Southern Hills, who gets a really good position. I'll let you kind of go into more details on that. But when I saw that report, it makes sense, but it doesn't make it any less of an impact of losing one of the greats that we have here locally. Yeah, I think it was pretty shocking news to everybody, including uh, Nick Dorcas and Kerry Cosby over there at Southern Hills. You know, Nick is set to retire as GM at the end of the year, and he thought he had left, you know, had all everything lined out for the his successor to have a pretty smooth transition. Now, all of a sudden, they're doing a national search for a new superintendent. Russ is obviously one of the highest quality, most respected superintendents in the country. Um, he's been there for two different stints, guided him through the Two seven or 2007 PGA Championship, the 2009 U.S. Amateur, then came back and did the Senior Championship and the PGA Championship in 2022. And in between, he did oversaw all the renovations that led to L.A. Country Club getting this year's U.S. Open. Um, so, yeah, Russ is a brilliant guy, but at age 51 with two kids in uh, middle school, I think, you know, the idea of getting up every morning at 5 a.m. and doing the routine things that a superintendent has to do um, may have started to wear on him a little bit, and he wanted to do something that really challenges him. I mean, he's a real intelligent guy, real deep thinker, and this job they took with Gil Hans, who, of course, he'd gotten to know at both the renovation at Southern Hills and the restoration at L.A. Country Club, um, you know, so they'd become great friends and really highly respected each other. Um, what he's going to be doing for Gil is um, kind of construction projects. So he can go out on site and then draw up a lot of plans, uh, what materials to use, how to do this part of it, how to do that part of it, what subcontractors to bring in, uh, how to you know cope with the landforms on any particular project that Gil might be working on. So it's going to be a really unique job, and, and you know he's not going to be a soft force architect right off the bat, but from everything Russ knows about golf and as uh, smart as a guy as he is and working with the, with the golf course architects to make everything work, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't try his hand at that as, you know, down the road a little bit. Well, in that position that he's taken there with Gill, uh, from what we know about Gill, Gill is going to be busy now until forever with the opportunities that are presented to him. And this is what happens when you're elite at what you do, which Russ Myers is. When you're elite and you're considered to be one of the best in the country, opportunities like this will present themselves. And sometimes, Ken, it's just too good of an opportunity to pass up. And that's really what this seems to be. Exactly. And Russ is elite, like you said, and, and so is Gil. And he's Gil has booked through 2026 already. <laughs> My and gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not going to be any slowdown. Um, so the next three years are lined up. Can't even accept any new projects. 
So everything that else that people want him to do is going to be stacking up into 27 and towards the end of the of the decade. So, yeah, um, like exactly what you said, Jeremy, Russ is one of the best in the country. These kind of opportunities come along, and this one just sounded to him like something he could do and also reconnect a little bit with his family. Uh, a lot of this planning and, and stuff he can do from his you know, from his, his desktop at home. So he'll be on the road a good portion of the time, but he doesn't have to get up at 5 a.m. and and go deal with um, employees, you know, and all the different things you have to do as a superintendent. He'll just be dealing with a small group of people and then, of course, the contractors. But, you know, I was talking to Mike Wooten today out at Cedar Ridge, another one of the elite superintendents in the country, and, and he's really done a bang-up job out there this summer after – uh, you know, a little change of pace that they went through after the live tournament. And, um, you know, he just says that, you know, you get into the heat like this and all of a sudden employees are slowing down or don't want to come to work or, um, you know, just that part of the job is what I think wears these guys out because you have to have a full crew. You have to be going hard at it all the time. You have to have guys who are reliable and, and you spend a lot of time doing that instead of what you love to do. So. That may have been a bit of a factor for Russ. Ken Colby Daniels here. Great to have you on in the afternoons. Uh, I've got to ask about Tiger Woods joining the policy board. What does ultimately this mean for the power structure of professional golf moving forward and what direction it ultimately goes? Well, it's a very interesting move. I think we still got to wait and see what the framework is, but I think, you know, everybody knows that Tiger carries an awful lot of weight and, uh, to have him that close to the center of power and as strongly as, as as he's back the PGA Tour. I saw Phil came out today and said it's great. It's going to be great for the players. Well, it may be, but I don't know how great it's going to be for Liv. <laughs> um, so, you know, that whole uh, dynamic is still very interesting to me. You know, all the Liv guys keep talking like they're going on. I noticed they canned their scheduler today, the guy who was working on all the uh, – uh, lining up the events for next year, the one who lined up all the events for this year. So I'm not sure, you know, what the live schedule is going to be. Uh, we had a great event in Oklahoma at Gallardia in Oklahoma City last week with the Taylor Gooch AJGA event. And I had Murray Evans cover the final day, and Taylor was quoted as saying that they're looking at Gallardia as a site to plug into their schedule for next year. And I'm going, is there going to be a schedule next year? I mean, I think that's the great unanswered question from this whole merger. If, you know, Yasser wanted a seat at the table of the PGA Tour, he has it, but why would the PGA Tour bring them in and continue to, you know, fund a competitor, basically, for some of their events? I can see there being a maybe a fall series of team events, but for Liv just to go on like it is, um, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense unless a lot more PGA Tour guys were going to jump over. And why would they allow that to happen in this merger? Because I think with where they are now, um, it's kind of played out a little bit. I mean, there's five or six guys that we all love to see back on the PGA Tour. Or, or if we do happen to watch a little event, we want to see. I'll give Taylor credit for being one of them. And then, of course, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Cam Smith and very few others on that tour. Do I compel to turn the TV on and watch? If I never see Patrick Reed play again or Sergio or some of the other guys who have just been, you know, kind of idiots through this whole thing, that's too soon for me. So um, I don't know what they do. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I you know the the thing about all of this, Ken, is one. It's just been a. It seems like a massive blunder left and right in terms of uh, how not to do things from a PR perspective. Um, that that's the main thing that stands out. And the other part of this that I find intriguing is all of the talk about Jay Monahan and how this went down and the message that was relayed. You know, the players for the longest time have have always stated, we just want to make sure that the fate of the tour is, in fact, in our own hands. And he's been dealing with a few of the questions and comments about how how do you move forward with these guys? How how do you go about saving face? Is the is the designation of, of Tiger in this a chance for Jay to save face a little bit? Because even in the comments from Tiger and the release that he said in, in thanking the commissioner for agreeing to address our concerns and we look forward to being at the table, how far does this go to try to repair that relationship with having a profile player that the likes of Tiger on board with this? A long ways, and it has to, don't you think? I mean, yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys who said, you know, we've lost a lot of faith in Jay. Uh, Shoffley said it. Um, you know, obviously, Cantlay's been on on the you know, fence saying that he didn't think this was going in the right direction. Uh, John Rahm had been more critical of late. Um, you know, bringing Tiger in, I guess, to insulate Jay from some of that and see, you know, if, if they lay out a plan together that Jay and Tiger endorse and the other guys who are on that policy board, I think it'll carry a lot more weight with the players. And we're all just sitting here waiting to see what that plan is at this point. So. You know, it can't be too definitive in any statements and then have it all change tomorrow. It's kind of the way it's been for the last couple of months. So I uh, just have to wait and see. But I think you're right exactly that it gives, puts Monaghan back on much firmer footing. Do the players actually care whether Liv continues or not? Because I, I kind of get the feeling like it's irrelevant to the majority of players out there whether Liv continues to, to move forward or not. Well, I, you know, that's the thing. The PGA Tour still depends on television ratings for a uh, good part of its revenue, for the sponsors to be invested, for, you know, all down the line for what we get to see on the weekends. Uh, we don't want to see more players uh, jump into live. Now, if it continues as it is right now, I think it's been proven that, you know, with all the elevated events this year, the, the competition was great. The ratings were good. There's still plenty of big names on the PGA Tour, but if you took you know, John Rahm, Scotty Shuffler, or Rory McIlroy, or somebody like that, and move them over under whatever the screaming is, that that would be a huge mistake. And, and so yes and no to your, answer your question. I think if they continue as they are right now and don't bring any more big names, uh, like I said, there's four or five guys that I personally miss. I think most fans do. And there's 43 guys that who cares? Kim McLeod is with us here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Golf Oklahoma report here on a Wednesday afternoon. We'll catch a quick timeout. We'll come back on the opposite side. We've got a lot to get to as we inch closer to the FedEx playoffs. All the Oklahoma pros, where they stand as far as being able to keep their cards for the next year. We'll also lay an eyeball on the Corn Ferry race for the top 30, which then will get PGA Tour cards for 2024 and a variety of other things happening here in Oklahoma um, on the uh, golf course. We'll take a time out and come back with more next here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.
At LaFortune Park in South Lakes, all are welcome. The Par 3 LaFortune is the perfect venue for date night or fun with friends. The championship courses at LaFortune in South Lakes have premier practice facilities and are fully staffed with PGA professionals offering beginner programs, custom club fitting, private instruction, and get golf ready classes. The pro shops here have all the latest equipment, apparel, and the restaurants have a full range of food and beverages. LaFortune Park in South Lakes, where Tulsa County plays golf. Reward yourself with the ultimate golf outing at Oklahoma's Ultimate Golf Resort, Shangri-La on Northeast Oklahoma's beautiful Grand Lake. Enjoy 27 holes of top five championship golf, an incredible new 18-hole par three course, and the luxurious atmosphere of a fabulous resort hotel with pool and spa. 45 holes of unparalleled golf at Shangri-La Resort. Shangri-La Resort when you're ready to escape the ordinary. The club at Forest Ridge and Broken Arrow is a semi-private club that transcends the ordinary with its world-class amenities and unparalleled services. An award-winning 18-hole golf course, an unmatched golfing experience, complemented by a private social club with access to a state-of-the-art gym, resort-style pool, tennis, pickleball, and more. Indulge in ultimate relaxation and rejuvenation with their exceptional facilities that cater to your fitness and leisure needs. The club at Forest Ridge and Broken Arrow, where luxury meets perfection. Swing over to Tulsa's only 10,000 square foot indoor country club. Tour Quality Golf at 61st and Sheridan is a golf store for the beginner golfer to the seasoned pro. At Tour Quality Golf, you gain extra yards and straighter shots through their premium club fitting and personal golf lessons. Take advantage of a free 20-minute simulator experience along with a complimentary grip, posture, and alignment check totally free. Come experience Tulsa's only indoor country club at 61st and Sheridan next to Teamos. Find them at tourqualitygolf.com or go by 61st and Sheridan and elevate your game today. From the gorgeous tree-lined fairways of the Perry Maxwell-influenced Woodbine and Pecan Valley courses at Mohawk Park to Paige Belcher's standout layouts Old Page and Stone Creek, the excitement of Tulsa Golf, providing the perfect venue for your next round, tournament, or special event. Offering PGA professional programming. Welcome to golf for adult golf beginners, PGA Junior Camps, PGA Junior League, and events for golfers of all skill levels. Contact Brianna Wills, Director of Instruction at 918-728-2171 or visit TulsaGolf.org for tee times, pricing, and more. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHDT HD2. All right, welcome back. It's 348 here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We are in the middle of the Golf Oklahoma Report with Ken McLeod from Golf Oklahoma Magazine, Oklahoma's number one golf source. Uh, Ken, there have been some changes. You kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier as we get closer to the FedEx uh, Cup. Uh, what's new for 2023? Because a lot of this changed and it really kind of seems to be the season ender, like with real stakes, because it doesn't mean that you keep your PGA Tour card for next season. A lot of this was brought about because of Live, but what actually changes for 2023? Well, as we we're sitting here today, and this could all change again if the framework agreement changes, but the uh, obviously the top 70 after this week's Wyndham Championship going to the FedEx Cup playoffs. So that means everybody who's 71 through 125 who would have traditionally been in the first week and then served of their card for next year will now go to there's eight events that are after the Ryder Cup 
PGA Tour Fall Series events. And the way I understand it, that's where all these guys that are 71 to 125 are going to, you know, have to stay there to keep their card. All the guys that are outside that looking in right now, um, which <clears throat> includes some Oklahomans like Kevin Tways at 142, Max McGreevy from Edmond is 185. Robert Stribbs had a horrible year from Edmond. He's 192, and Bo Van Pelt is 235. Plus, if you get out in the fall and win an event or finish a couple of top tens, then you can shoot right back up into keeping your card. Um, I've asked the PGA Tour to email me all the uh, details on this so we can make sure that I'm accurate as far as, you know, it used to be the 126 through 150 had a conditional card, and they played some PGA Tour events, but also be eligible for the Corn Ferry Tour. Not sure if that's still a factor for next year, but right now, as far as Oklahomans go, you know, Victor Hovland, who played at OSU and lives in Stillwater, is seven. Uh, I don't know if he's playing this week. Probably not because he doesn't need to. Taylor Moore, the uh, young man from Edmond Memorial, who played at Arkansas, is 27. So he's right now he's got his top 30 status for the FedEx Cup Finals if he doesn't lose it this week, but he is playing. Uh, Sam Stevens, who uh, is from Wichita, but played on the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour all the time, played at OSU, is 64th. And Austin Eckroth, PGA Tour rookie out of Edmond, is 65th. So all those guys are right now in uh, the top 70, but I would think that Sam and Austin are playing this weekend to make sure they stay there. Um, then you've got Alex Noren from OSU. Uh, like I said, Kevin Twain, Max McGreevy, Streb, and Van Pelt trying to get in there. So um, it's going to be an interesting fall season. They've gone away on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, they used to have 50 cards. Now they're down to 30. They've also brought back the top five um, at Q School, get PGA Tour cards, where in the last few years they were just playing for Corn Ferry status. So. Everything's changed uh, for this year, and everything's probably, as soon as you get this figured out, is going to change again for next year. So we'll, we'll just try to keep everybody up to date. Speaking of missing out, I've got to ask about Justin Thomas. I know he's not an Oklahoman, although I feel like there is some tie with us watching him win at Southern Hills. Um, he Serious jeopardy of not making the Ryder Cup outside of the top 70 and uh, I mean, I, I think you probably are hard-pressed to come up with a good argument to, to get him on the team at this point, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, he could go to Europe and play well in a couple of events or something that proves to Zach Johnson that he's figured it out, whatever it is that's ailing him this whole year. Um, but, yeah, if he, he didn't make the cut last week, uh, if he doesn't make it this week, he won't be in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So you're talking about quite a break till the Ryder Cup in September, and I don't know how – you justify putting them on the team when there's so many guys who have been much better for them all year. And um, Justin's been a great competitor on the Ryder Cup, but man, that'd be an awful long shot in my book for him to uh, chase that or, you know, go to Europe and try to finish top five or something up there to show Zach that he's ready. Um, I don't think you could go wrong putting him on the team from a competitive standpoint. Once you get him over there and, and, uh, I'm sure he'd figure whatever it is out between now and then, but it wouldn't be fair to the guys who are actually having good years. 
You know, I was just looking um, if he actually does have a good finish. And the way that his golf game is going lately, probably not. But if he finishes top 10, he might have a chance to jump back into the top 70 uh, with that. And the Wyndham's coming up uh, this weekend, Golf Channel coverage and also on CBS. Um, I just saw, though, Ken, and I, I knew this number from last year with Rory taking home $18 million. Um, but the total bonus pool for this year's FedEx Cup playoff is $75 million. Holy moly, my man. That's for the whole tournament. That's, that's for, for the whole, year. yes, that's for the whole. But still, total of it, that's uh, that's that's quite the number with the winner taking home 18. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's amazing. You know, Phil heavily criticized the tour for, you know, sitting on all kinds of cash, and, and they were able to, elevate these events and come up with more money uh, for the purses and, and the lawsuit. And then they also felt that one year of doing that, they were in precarious position enough that they wanted to merge with live and felt like they could go broke after if they had to do this for any kind of extended period of time. So was Phil right or was he wrong? I mean, yes, they forked up all that money for this year, but they also uh, merged with Saudi Arabia because of it, which mm. is not something they wanted to do. And uh, finally, as we get set uh, to close things down here, um, locally, we had the uh, OGA Mid-Amateur that's there. And I know that we had um, a representative from Jinx playing over in Hot Springs as well. But tell us a little bit about the uh, Mid-Amateur that was going on. Yeah, they had over 100 entrants out there playing at Quail Creek Country Club in that 100-plus degree heat. And Kyle Huddleston, a young man who is about 35 now, so he played at uh, Oklahoma Christian has won this event three times in the last five years, so he's really putting together a nice streak of being our probably our best mid-amateur in the state. Um, the Walter Hopper Tour Championship was held for the first time without Walter Hopper the last two days at, at the brand-newly reopened uh, Kicking Bird Golf Club in Edmond and attracted a really great junior field. Walter, of course, was the guy who, for the section, uh, ran the junior tour and founded it and was a – you know, beloved by all the kids who played those summer events for years and years and passed away uh, last November. So uh, his two sons came and handed out the uh, hardware for the Walter Hopper Junior Tour Championship the last few days. And, um, and yes, we have uh, several people from Oklahoma and Tulsa in particular playing in the PGA Junior uh, National Championship this week at Hot Springs Country Club in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And this young gal named Lisa Herman from Jenks. I'd have to double-check the scores. Last time I checked, she had birdied her first hole this afternoon to move into fourth place. She won that AJGA Taylor Moore um, Foundation event last week at Gallardia against you know, a strong field of not only Oklahomans, but gals from as far away as California, Texas. You know, They all come to these AJGA events, and, and she just, she's pretty amazing. She's the one who won the 6A championship as a freshman for Jinx. She set a course record up in a practice round at, and, um, at Adams Golf Course in, in uh, Bartlesville this year. I think she shot, what was it, 63 or 4? And um, she could go get it now. She moved here from California last year and, and quickly become one of the top-ranked juniors in the country. And like I said, she's in fourth place in this national event with 156 of the top juniors in the country. At least as an hour ago, she may have moved up by now. So uh, we'll be watching how she does over the next couple of days. But she's she's something else.
Sounds great, King. Good stuff, man. Uh, appreciate you taking time to uh, move here to the afternoons on the Blitz 1170. Keep up the great work there, and uh, always uh, appreciate all the great knowledge that you drop on us here on the Blitz with the Golf Oklahoma Report. Okay, Jeremy, thank you guys very much, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. That Thanks, is uh, Ken McLeod, who's joining us here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.